Hi, I'm Alex L. and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. I'll be sitting down with some phenomenal women to discuss love. I believe we grew distant out of love of some type. Like, yeah. I don't want to hurt you. Loss. Really don't know what's going to trigger that feeling of right. grief in any moment. And a topic very important to my work self-care. Freedom is self-care. It's not about pedicures. It's not about clothing. It's not about trips. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Hey girl. Hey girl. Brandy, thank you so much for being with me today. How are you? good, Alex. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I have been a fan of your work for so long, and I'm really excited to dive in and chat with you about your process and about your self-care rituals and everything else in between. But before we get started, why don't you let the Hey Girl listeners know who you are and what you do? Oh, I'm Brandy Cheyenne Harper, and I am a multidisciplinary artist, but my focus really is knitting. I started learning how to use the potter's wheel in June, so now I can officially call myself a, a ceramicist. Nice. It's fantastic. <laughs> yes. Also work full-time alongside my creative work. I'm a membership coordinator at the Punchville Food Co-op, which is a member-run food cooperative that sources organic and local food, um, grown within 500 miles of New York. So that's like a big part of my life now, too. That's amazing. I do want to talk about both. I love when I have creative folks on the show where they, you know, still have their full-time job, but they're also nurturing their creative spirit. So let's talk about your knitting first. How did knitting come to be in your life and what made you fall in love with it? Oh my goodness. So I was, I taught myself to crochet when I was 14 and then how to knit when I was 15. My grandma lives in Florida. I've only met her once in my entire life, but she sent us all these huge Afghans and I wanted to learn how to make the crocheted flowers she had at the center. And I never learned how to make the flowers until much later, but I did teach myself to crochet inspired by her work. And when I was 15, I started teaching myself to knit. And I was just using like books from Scholastic News and I was going to Barnes and Nobles. And it was like, really, I really didn't have a lot of help outside of this self-motivation and the tools I had from the library. And then a year later, when I was 16, I started working at a yard shop. And that was like, my whole life was knitting from then. I didn't, and I don't think there's very rarely you'll have a day where I'm not knitting since I was 14. Wow. And it, yeah, so it's like, it's a, it's a big part of my life. It's a big part of my work. And I've only started selling my work about seven years ago. So for a long time, I didn't want to sell. I, like, I don't want to turn my passion into a business. And then <laughs> that just went out the door. So let's talk about that hesitancy. So a lot of folks I've, I've chatted with have said similar things, like just being nervous about taking the creative work into a business because we could lose passion or, you know, then it just becomes a task versus like something that makes us feel good and fulfilled. So what made you step out and, and say, hey, I'm going to I'm good. I want to give the gift of my pieces to other people and I'm going to go yeah. for it. Oh, man, I was, when I launched my business, I was 24. I'm 32 now, so, and that's when I think I had just gotten out of school. I applied for the United States Peace Corps. I got accepted. I went. Um, during my Peace Corps application, like, I fell in love with my partner, and that was crazy because I, like, left the relationship to go there. 
And when I came back, I was like, what do I want to do with myself? When I was there, my official title was Community and Economic Development Advisor, where I was basically tasked to teach other people how to make money using their creative work, and it was like women's cooperatives and things like that. And when I came back, I thought, what do I want to do with myself? And it only made sense to do what I was teaching others or wanted to teach others to do, which is how to make money doing what we love. Because I think so often, especially like growing up with my mom, she all she did was take care of other people. All mm-hmm. she did was take care of, she was a nurse, so she took care of that. She had a lot of kids, so she took care of us. She took care of home, took care of everything. So it was nice to be able to get into a place where I felt passionate enough and confident enough to do work I wanted to do, and actually make some money doing it. So I think at that point, I was just like, I did not want to be behind a desk doing work I didn't care about, Mm. and it just made sense to me at the time. So since you are balancing um, a full-time job and your creative work, what did that look like for you, being able to find, you know, a co-op to work at and have that sense of community and also hands-onness in your in your full-time job so I started, I started working full-time I actually a lot of people they'll you know they'll work full-time and they'll quit like you know they'll quit their day job and mm-hmm. then they'll pursue their creative work secondary mm-hmm. for me I I worked in my creative work first and then I got my full-time job with benefits it was something where I had come from the Peace Corps I was back in the U.S. I was like, okay, I started working as a knitting teacher. I was working as a barista. I was, like, piecing together a bunch of different things, mostly things that I had done before I left. And then I started selling my work. So it was something where I was doing, like, the whole, you know, artist in New York trying to make ends meet, you know. (laughs) (laughs) The whole thing, you know. Meanwhile, I'm trying to go to yoga. I'm trying to cook. I was, at the time, I was vegetarian. So I was going through a huge transition trying to figure out what I want to do with myself, what I want to do with my life. And then like about five years into my business, into my creative work, and it's largely run on Etsy, um, my brand, at the, I'm kind of moving away from it, my, my brand was called Pearl Me Mitch, mm-hmm. and it is on Etsy. My goals kind of shifted, my goals changed, and it became, I want to, you know, I want to have benefits, I want to have a baby, I want to own a home, and so, you know, and I want to stay in New York. So running my creative work just wasn't getting me to where I wanted to go financially, and so... I started working full-time at the co-op, and I had already been a member there for eight years, so it was something that was already a part of my life, and it was a large part of the reason why I had such access to high-quality organic food is because the price was so low, and so it was already a part of, like, my life and how and the life I wanted to live. And then I applied for the job, and I got it. And it was, those jobs, those jobs there are really competitive because it's like it has a benefits package and three weeks paid vacation and health and personal days. So it's it's a great job doing great work and doing both at the same time. I'm kind of lucky because my I apply for evenings, weekends positions. So a lot of people ask me all the time, like, how are you doing it? And I don't have to be to work primarily three days out of the week until three. So I have this whole morning, I usually get up at nine, that's when I'm knitting, that's when, that's when I'm like, I'm shipping out orders, that's when I'm answering emails, and mm-hmm. then I go and work at the co-op from three to 11. So it's like, I work all day, but also that I'm able to work at my most productive time, which is the morning. I recently started wearing a new bra by Third Love, and I absolutely adore it. Did you know that breast shape matters when you're finding a good fit? I didn't. Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women 
who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. I found the Fit Finder quiz really helpful when I was picking out my third love bra. I didn't know I was wearing the wrong size for so long. I think what's really awesome about this is that over 12 million women have taken the quiz to date, and it's actually a pretty fun experience. I answered a few simple questions and I found my perfect fit in about 60 seconds. Third Love offers more than 70 sizes, which is more sizes than most other brands, including their signature half cup sizes. Not only that, but Third Love is convenient. You can skip the trip to the mall, find your fit with their online fit finder, order, try it on at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. What really sold me on Third Love was the 100% fit guarantee. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you can return it. And Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. Fit stylists are available every day to help via text, chat, or phone. Returns and exchanges are free and easy. What's not to love? Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they're offering Hey Girl listeners 15% off of your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash heygirl to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash heygirl for 15% off today. It's also a a privilege to have a schedule that way, too, because some of the people that I've spoken with just on my personal time, they're like, you know, I work a nine to five and I don't really have time to do, you know, my creative work. I don't have time to nurture my creative work. So I think it's really amazing when folks are able to find that balance and find schedules and jobs that they not only love, but that works with them and for them. So that's pretty fantastic. So to switch gears a little bit, I would love to chat with you about your newfound love of ceramics and and how that came into play. Listen to that joy. I want to hear all about it and and what you're finding in like the different mediums of your art. Oh my God, Alex. So, you know, it's true that knitting is, is not at work for me. I enjoy it. But I rarely knit for myself. And mm. knitting for me, I've been a knitter for 18 years. So it's, it's very intuitive. It's something I can do in front of the television. I can walk down the street and knit. You can walk and fun. knit? It's great. I can. <laughs> I can. And I have. But I'm like, like, like reaching a deadline that I will knit anywhere and everywhere. <laughs> so it's, it's like, it's so a part of my identity now. I really wanted, I needed something. I needed something new. I needed something different. And Clay really called out to me. There was a local uh, studio in Brooklyn called Gasworks NYC that was wasn't too far from my job. And I did like a we did like a team of making workshops. Mm-hmm. And it was like there was tea, and it was like we we pinched. And then I got, and then she gave that to me as a as a gift um, for my birthday in July. And this was last June. I took the class, and then was for, but was for my birthday in July. Shout out to my cancers. <laughs> and so. And then I just, I fell in love with it, Alex. It's it's one of the most beautiful crafts. You gain patience, you know? Mm-hmm. I think knitters gain patience. Artists gain patience through the process. And then, and it, it really just, now I feel like I have so many ideas. I feel excited about it. I look forward to it. And it's, it's nice. It's like a new love, you know? It's like, 
Living is like, oh, like my, my best friend, you know, yeah, my best yeah. friend, my partner for life. And now I have like this new love, you know, where it's like exciting and I'm really excited about it. <laughs> I, I can hear it in your voice and I'm really <laughs> thrilled for you. I can't wait to see what you create. I mean, I've been a fan. Oh, and my God. I've been a fan and a follower of your work for years now. I own a few of your pieces and yes. I am just so excited to own some ceramics because I'm always looking. <laughs> for women of color in that work. So kudos yes. to you. Um, so speaking of being a woman of color in this work and a queer woman in this work, yeah. how have you built community by leaning into n not only being a woman of color, but being a queer woman? Oh, man. So, you know, I find myself the only person of color and the only black woman in a lot of the spaces I occupy. Mm -hmm. So even in my clay class, I'm the only woman of color. I'm the only black woman. Um, and a lot of the yarn shops I go to, I'm the only person of color. I'm the only black woman. Yeah. So part of me has to act, even in a space like New York, which is incredibly diverse and incredibly intersectional in terms of culture and availability and accessibility, I have to seek out and support businesses and people who who look like me, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And a big part of that has been just finding other women of color who are running their businesses, other women, other queer women who are running businesses and support and patronize their work. Um, so that and, and find spaces where I feel I feel connected and I feel I feel accepted. Um, and it's something that. Like, so the yarn shop that I, I go to a lot now is owned by a black woman. It's called Strength Things Studio, and it's in Brooklyn, and it's not too far from my job. So I feel more connected. And, of course, because she's a woman of color, she also brings and generates a lot of people of color around her, yeah. specifically black women around yeah. her. So yeah. I have that. Being a queer woman, I feel like I'm passing. I'm straight passing. Like, mm -hmm. if you look at me, I look straight. Like, people don't necessarily think I'm gay. Um, but I am, and I've been out since I was 14 to my family, and my family is really supportive and amazing, thankfully, most of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you love discovering new products? Are you a beauty and fashion maven constantly on the hunt for the next best thing? Ever read about or spot something online that you've always wanted to try but never have? Then you might love FabFitFun. It allows women everywhere to discover new products, as well as including rave review and must-have brands that you know and love. It's like Christmas four times a year. Stumped on gift ideas? FabFitFun is also a great gift for someone you love. You can surprise your mom or sister with this awesome summer box packed with great items. Do you have a daughter who's going to college, maybe? Or a friend who's a new mom? FabFitFun is an awesome care package. My last box came with this beautiful lotus towel. It was blue, and it's shaped like the flower, and it has a gorgeous design in the middle. That's something we've been laying out on the deck and relaxing on for a few weeks now. So what I love about FabFitFun is that they offer full-size products, no samples of anything. Every box is guaranteed to have over $200-plus in retail value. The summer 2019 box has a total retail value between $269 to $467. That's fantastic. Treat yourself with items in it, such as the Sutra Professional Mini Travel Blow Dryer, the beautiful Vicks Paula Lotus Towel, or the West Elm Indigo Tie-Dye Bowls. Many of the product's individual value is more than the entire cost of the box. 
You can customize your box by choosing some products and some add-ons with each one. Or you can be surprised. It's great for discovering new brands and new products. What a better way to shop. I'm looking forward to my next box because they're always so different and packed with things I can actually use. I like to share the items in my box with my 11-year-old. She's really into skincare these days. We recently got a clay mask and a foot mask and a body scrub. She loves them all. The FabFitFun 2019 Summer Box is on sale now. So sign up for FabFitFun today. These boxes always sell out. You can use my code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first box. All you have to do is go to FabFitFun to sign up and get started. Use promo code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first box. That's over $200 for only $39.99. Go to FabFitFun.com and use my code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. I don't feel disconnected in that way in terms of not finding gay people around because my, my partner is gay, her friends are gay and black and queer. So I feel like I'm able to connect with community in terms of my, my queerness and my blackness mm-hmm. and other parts of my life, like my familial life. Mm-hmm. But it's something I have to actively seek out in my, in, my, in my creative work. So one thing that actually happened recently where I just felt, I still feel so, so, so filled up from it is her name is Jamila Reddy, and I know you know Jamila Reddy. You know I know her, yes. I love her. She's amazing. And, she's, know, she's amazing. She's amazing. She's amazing, and she had. She lives in Brooklyn, and oh yeah, have y'all connected? Had, we yeah, I took her class workshop. She had a writing workshop for queer trans people of color, yes. and I took it. It was like a three month long writing workshop, and I took it, and she gathered these um, this amazing queer trans people of color. And for me, that was one way, and, and I have many different examples of this, but I use this one because most recent where I've sought out people, a lot of times online, other women of color, queer women of color, and then just support and patronize their work and, and, and find community in that way. But it's something that I think, you know, the internet and social media has made very, very easy to do. So that's another thing that I, I do want to talk about with the last few minutes that we have is self-care and social yeah. media and how how we balance nurturing our creative work and not being comparative, right? And also yeah. finding the time to log off and really hone in to our creative's heart's work and, and find the practice of creating ritual and self-care in our lives. So what would you yeah. say helps you do that? Self, like this time by myself. There's something that I find that now that I'm running my own business, I'm incredibly accessible to, to everyone. I make myself accessible. It's something that feeds me, sharing my work, putting myself out there. Um, I have a huge family, so I have, I'm really close to my three sisters. And so being there for my family, being there for my friends, I find that I have a tendency to give mm. over give to the point where I'm just like, I am so exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, um, and, and I'm happy. I'm happy doing it. You know, I'm happy doing it. But then I find that, and the way I, the way I've talked about it is like this push and pull. I have a tendency to push. I will push and I will give and I will give and I will give. But I have a tendency, I have a hard time pulling, which is like asking for help, you know, saying no to things. And so for me, really spending time with myself at least once a week, 
um, I have like dates with myself. So I call it dates with myself or when yes. my day is off, like Wednesday. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wednesday is like my weekend. Wednesday, Thursday, my day is off. Wednesday, I never have anything on my calendar on Wednesday. I don't make plans on Wednesday. It's, it's mine. I go to yoga or I, I stay home and I knit or I go to the clay studio. It's mine. So that's something that I do a lot with social media, like balancing that in terms of my self-care and not, and not comparing myself. I think honestly, a practical, a practical tool I use is not, not being on social media when I'm not feeling good about myself or my work, mm-hmm. because I think it's more prone to comparison. And always remembering that people are always sharing the brighter sides of their story and not always the, you know, not always the tough parts. So it's difficult to be in a place where I'm, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm being emotional. So usually those are the times when I, I stay into myself. I can't, I speak up with my sisters. I spend time with, with myself, with my family, with my partner and not really using social media as, as a, as a form of escapism. It's, it's tactical and easy, right? So for me, yeah, not going on social media when I'm not in a good mood. If you're having a bad day, don't go on social media. Just right. log <laughs> off. Just log off. And and, if, and when you do go on social media, like engage with people that engage with people that you care about, whose work you love, you know. And it, it could be just a, a double tag. It can be a comment. It could be a DM. It could be a sharing of something. Just just do what feels good for you at the time. And a lot of time, like you say, and I love your work, Alex. It's, it's very seasonal. So move with the seasons and be okay with it. You know, as as you as you change and figure out what you need, I hibernate usually um, in winter. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something I have to be. I'm not going to be as active on social media, and that's okay. During the during the fall and during the fall and in the winter, I, my business is just in my high time, so I'm usually more active. And so I kind of had to learn these things about myself and honor them instead of being like I should be on social media every day for my business. Right. Like no, right. I should take a break. You know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think that's really important to have to have balance. Um, and, and harmony in our lives, like with everything yeah. that we do. I would love to know how you find meditation through your art, be it through creating on the wheel or using your hands to knit. Oh, man, how do I find meditation? It comes so, actually, it comes, so, it comes so naturally. I feel as if I do it when I want to do it, and I don't do it when I don't want to do it. Mm. Um, it's something that I give myself to say this I'm going to be at the potter's wheel right now and I'll be at the potter's wheel or I'm going to knit right now and I'll knit right now I think if I try and force it it becomes it becomes distressful and I don't want to be create I don't want to create create work and sell work that is created under conditions of stress so I think I find meditation doing it when I when I really want to and when it feels good Hey Girl Podcast is a member of the District Productive, produced by Paul, Woody Woodhall, and me, Alex L. Music by DC's own Kokai. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.